Welcome back, everybody. We Welcome. hope you... Uh, hello, hello. I know. We, uh, we appreciate you all listening. We've gotten quite a few listeners over mm-hmm. the past few weeks. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> and we're back with new and improved... No, it's the same. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same stuff. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the same us. It's new stories. Yes, mm-hmm. new stories. Hope you like the last ones, because it's the same stuff. <laughs> More of the same. Um, well, we are still squatting in our ab- abandoned house. <laughs> yes, um, we are. It is storming. There is a bad storm outside. Yes. yes. More reason to freak us out even more while we're telling these stories. I'm loving it. Like, <laughs> it's putting me in this mood. I am pumped. I'm hoping that, like, the thunder and stuff is going to be picking up on our microphones. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> You're so weird. Okay. It's just setting the scene. Yes, we're, we're setting the scene for you all. It's storming and we're in an abandoned house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, if things go well, then I guess it won't be abandoned for much longer, but I'm going to miss our abandoned house. Yes, I will yeah. too. It's been a good good recording studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we hope y'all, uh... The rain's getting harder. I, know. <laughs> I don't like it. And I have the main story for this episode, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, why uh-huh. does it have to be stormy? <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, should we go ahead and, uh... Get started? Let's yeah. Let's dive right in. into it. It's been so long since we've talked about what we're going to do that I don't even remember what your story's about now. <laughs> Thanks. I sent you a syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fully prepared for this episode and <laughs> I am ready to go. <laughs> Tell how much Robin cares. <laughs> well, you know, I've got the friend episode this time, so I didn't have to do any real research. I know. So. That's how it was for me last episode. It's like, oh, I didn't know any of that. Didn't know yeah. Any of that. yeah. So <laughs> it's it pretty interesting. It's, it's interesting when you have the friends episode because, like, everything's new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get right into it. This week's main episode is dun, 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 the Springer Opera House. <gasps> What is that? (laughs) (laughs) The Springer Opera House is located at 103 10th Street in downtown Columbus, Georgia. Oh, Columbus. I'm not not sure I've ever been to Columbus before. I've never been to Columbus either. Yeah, me either. Okay. But it's located there. Um, It's probably going to be one of our more well-known haunting sites. Wow. I didn't know anything about it, but no. as I was doing the research, it's like, oh, this is a pretty well-known place. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Where Where is Columbus? Like, in reference um, to Atlanta or something. Any idea? Well, I know... No? Sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think Google. It... Google amongst yourselves, listeners. Yes. It's like, I think it's right over, like, the Alabama... Georgia line, like somewhere really? in there. Could okay. be wrong. Google it. Let me know. Sorry. Feedback. Columbia Let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure where, where it is. I should have should have looked at a map, but I didn't. <laughs> and I have the other one in Columbus and I still have no idea. Really? You didn't look <laughs> I didn't All right. look at a map Hold either. Hold on. <laughs> We're looking right now. Pause, Pause. for reaction. Columbus <laughs> Georgia me. is Elevator music. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. No, you're right. I would say it's like mid-Georgia right on the Alabama-Georgia um, line. Okay. So, we're good. Now we know. <laughs> so, after we did some Googling, mm-hmm. we realized I was right. Yes. It, Columbus <laughs> is right pretty smack dab on the Alabama Georgia line so in the middle of the state too yes so in May of 1870 businessman Francis Joseph Springer was a wealthy grocery businessman owner okay so he was like a tycoon or something Um, at that time he made all his money from the grocery business Mm -hmm. basically and he was really interested in theater and music and dance and he always dreamed of opening a theater and he owned the in downtown columbus he owned um, like an open market down oh, there okay. he got it all approved by the committee in georgia mm-hmm. to start 
building this theater in his uh, open market area. And the theater, the Springer Opera House, opened February 21st, 1871. And it was nationally known to be the finest theater between New York and New Orleans. Oh, wow. Okay. It continued to be a major theater all the way up until about 1929 when the stock market crashed. Oh, yeah. So with the, with the onset of the Great Depression and all of that, nobody has money to go to the theater. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, ni- and also in 1929, you know what was coming around then? Moving pictures. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so it was was a main theater, did great until moving pictures came around. Mm -hmm. And the Great Depression and all that. It survived as a theater, for like as a movie house for a while, but with the lack of maintenance, it eventually started to decline. Oh, yeah. Look, darling, Charlie Chaplin, right in front of my eyes. So between 1871 and I would say 1929, it was um, a very popular place uh, to be. Since it started to decline in about 1964, they were talking about uh, demolishing the Springer Opera House. And the story goes, as the wrecking ball hovered over the stage of the house, a group of citizens were determined to save it. And with so much community support, they began to raise funds to keep it going. Awesome. Hmm. So with the funds that were raised in 1964, they were re- able to reopen the Springer Opera House in 1965. And Southerners, once again, were running to their seats. Yeah, cool. In 1998-99, um, they received a $12 million historic renovation. Wow. Including the areas that were untouched in 1964, they were able to renovate. Oh. Um, they extended the program space from about 35,000 square feet to 75,000 square feet, so it was oh. a lot larger than mm-hmm. it was originally. They also equipped it with some of the, you know, state-of-the-art lighting, sound, all that equipment mm. yeah. um, for the time. Mm-hmm. So they really put a lot of money and, and oh, work yeah. and effort into Oh, yeah. I mean, $12 million. Bringing totally it back, million. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen the pictures online, and it looks amazing. I mean, it is just absolutely beautiful. It's okay. a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theater. Um, and they even um, renamed one of the main stages Emily Woodruff Hall as in dedication to the person who inspired the 1964 renovation hmm. of the theater that, that, you know, kept it from being demolished. Yeah. So she was nice. like the driving force behind keeping the theater part of the town. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is the oldest professional theater in Georgia and is only one of seven theaters in the United States that is on the National Historic Landmark. Oh, wow. 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 When you mm-hmm. think about that, only yeah. one of seven? Mm-hmm. Wow. And they are still doing it today. They is still a fully functioning theater. Hmm. Um, they do plays all the time. So they they even have private tours that you can go and see all just the fantastic things that are in there. It's, it's just beautiful. I, we'll have to post a bunch of pictures. because I, I can't even describe the architecture inside and this, this mass theater. I guess um, it's like real ornate and stuff. Yes, on the it is, and, yeah. and just the and the balconies are just gorgeous, and oh, it's beautiful. We'll post pictures. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, wait to see. But if you want to go see it, and mm-hmm. you are in the Columbus area, they are running two shows in December. Okay. Uh, the first show is Elf, and it's running from December seventh to December twenty third. Oh. And the next one is A Tuna Christmas. A Tuna Christmas, mm-hmm. <laughs> running from December thirteenth to December 23rd, 2018. All right. So, you if you want to go see it right now, like I said, they are providing tours. You can go in and look around, and they got all kinds of stories and history to tell you about. And you can watch a show while you're there. A tuna Christmas kind of piques my interest a little bit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to look into it. I want to see what it's all about. Yeah. So, you know, we can go December 13th through the 23rd. Some of the more notable people that have performed there back in, you know, the late 1800s and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Wilde Ooh, gave wow. a lecture there. Uh, William mm-hmm. Jennings Bryan also gave one there. Miss mm-hmm. um, John Drew Barrymore. Oh. Oh, excuse of- me. Miss John Drew, the great-great-grandmother of Drew Barrymore. Really? Oh. oh. She performed there. Of the, the famous Barrymores. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Barrymore family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethel Barrymore, who is the grand-aunt of Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. just kind of let you know how she's related and um also franklin delano roosevelt delivered uh, a speech on behalf of a presidential nominee al smith 
Oh, so this was before he was president or mm-hmm. something? He gave a speech there? Um, the presidential nominee, Al Smith. Ah. I believe he was president at the time. At the time. Okay. I will have to Google. Google and let me know if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you have uh, Will Rogers, Agnes DeMille, uh, Ruth Gordon, and Edwin Booth. Oh. Oh. I know who that is. Do we, <laughs> do we all know who Edwin Booth is? The, uh, I believe, the older brother of John Wilkes Booth, yes. right? The okay. older brother of John Wilkes Booth. Mm-hmm. Um, Edwin Booth, just to give you a little backstory on him real quick. Um, he was born on October 31st, 1833, and died June 7th, 1893, at 59. He and his brothers, uh, John Wilkes Booth and Junius Brutus Booth Jr., I mm-hmm. hope I didn't butcher that, Grew up in the acting because his father, also Junius Brutus Booth Sr., was an actor. So they all went around doing, you know, grew up in the acting and performing. Oh, yeah. And so been doing it a long time. Just grew up around it. I've heard Edwin described as like the George Clooney of that time, too. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Like he was. We do have pictures yeah. of him younger. So we That's will, true. Yeah. We'll yeah. put those up. Mm-hmm. So we all know who John Wilkes Booth is. He assassinated President Abraham Lincoln on April 14th, 1865. Boo. Yes. Um, in the Ford's Theater, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic if you think about it. it Another is. theater. Yes. yes. After these events, um, Edwin Booth was pretty much forced to go in seclusion and stop performing. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so he did that until about 1866. He disowned his brother, and his name was never to be mentioned in his presence. Ooh. Yes. Your brother did something pretty horrific. Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he killed the president, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But in an ironic twist, mm-hmm. Edwin Booth actually saved the life of one of President Lincoln's sons. What? Really? hmm In the early part of the year of 1865, just months before he was assassinated. Oh, before Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, yes. Edwin saved his son's life. Yes, he saved Robert oh. Todd Lincoln. Wow. Oh. What happened? Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> no, tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it actually happened on a train platform in Jersey City, New Jersey. The platform was very crowded, and Robert Todd Lincoln was pressed against one of the rail cars. And as the train moved without warning, Edwin Booth saw Robert lose his footing and drop down in, be- in between the space of the two cars <gasps> where he lost his balance and couldn't oh. move. Oh. So Booth, Edwin Booth, quickly hauled Robert up from the platform by his coat collar. And if Edwin Booth hadn't have been there and not reacted so fast, Robert Lincoln would have been crushed. Oh. Wow. Isn't that creepy? How that is. Crazy. Like, yeah. Okay. So I saved the president's son's life. And then a few months later... My brother assassinates the president. Wow. What is that? I don't know. That's, well, that is really weird. I know. It was, it's a very um, interesting story. And yeah. And you say that happened in New Jersey. Where was Ford's Theater and where did that happen? In Texas? It's actually in Washington, D.C. Wow. Okay. So, um, I mean, being a traveling theater group, you know, you would, Go up and down oh, the coast. Yeah. So, I mean, they yeah. did go, um, all the Booth, the Booth family, they traveled up, you know, New York City to New Orleans, pretty, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much was yeah. their main area. So, um, I would almost think that it would make sense if those events happened reverse of each other. Like, John Wilkes Booth kills the president, and then Edwin's like, I gotta do something. To, <laughs> like, to redeem yeah, my family yeah, name. Yeah, my family yeah. name, you yeah. know. But. It's like he built up all this karma for the Booth family by saving robert's life uh-huh and then his brother goes and does that i mean what is that come on man i well, of course you know i'd have to disown my brother too it, exactly you know? I, there would have to be definite disownment there i may be reaching and speculating and stuff but do you think that had edwin not have saved robert that john wilkes booth would have even killed the president because it seems like that would have been a huge story like edwin saves president's son maybe that like planted the seed in 
John Wilkes' oh. head. His brother's hmm. getting all this credit and stuff <gasps> for this. Robin, I didn't even think of that. I didn't either. My goodness. Mind We're rewriting blown. history here on Ghost <laughs> Race in the South, ladies and gentlemen. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just blew my mind just now. I mean, you're, you could be right. I mean, you know, you saved the president's son. Well, you know what? I'm going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. So anyway... After the assassination of Abraham Lincoln by his brother, who shall not be named, <laughs> Ra- uh, Raphael. Raphael. Thank you. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was a stab in the dark. Uh, Raphael Moses, a Columbus attorney, urged Edwin Booth to separate himself from his notorious brother's reputation and come to Columbus and play his most famous role, which was Hamlet. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they said Booth's. 1876 performance of Hamlet at the Springer Opera House is recognized by theater critics to be one of the best performances of the era. Wow. And it was performed there at the Opera House. So Mm. that's, you know, that's... That's a big deal. It is. It's awesome. It It is. is. And that was in 1876. The reason for all the backstory of Edwin Booth is because he is reported as being one of the ghosts that haunt the Opera House. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Of course, we know that Edwin performed at the theater numerous times. And if, like, your most famous performance yeah. would have been at this theater, then it seems like that would be a place that you would just want to relish it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, you know, if, if hmm, yeah, I would. I would go haunt that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sources say for years the theater refused to put on the Hamlet production because the theater people were notoriously superstitious. Ah. Which is true. Yeah. Is well, true. yeah. I know theater people, people and they are very superstitious. I was thinking they were like, mm, no, yeah. you just aren't, aren't going to do it justice. Not as good. Well, probably no. not. It may be part of the superstition, you yeah. know. Maybe. However, they finally decide decided to do the famous show. And wouldn't you know, something happened to the lead character every night of the show. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, tell me more. That's a report. Wow. They would say things like props would go missing that they knew that they put hmm. backstage. The skull, which you um, kind of need. <laughs> yeah. Things, things would go missing. Um, and they said even one night, a theater light came crashing down right next to the actor. Oh. Playing Hamlet. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Could be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, if, if you put on the greatest performance of Hamlet ever and you were there haunting it, no one's going to do as good as you. So, just saying. Oh. Edwin is salty. (laughs) (laughs) One of the tour guides at the Springer has reported that many witnesses have seen um, in the upper balconies, which are smaller, and they actually have them closed off now due to, like, fire codes because of the small stairway to get in and to get Mm -hmm. up there. So they actually have the doors shut up there at the top balcony where you can watch the performance. But one of the tour guides said that they have seen the doors open even mm. though nobody goes up there because no one's allowed to go up there because Ooh. of the fire code. They, yeah, I know. It's like, who went up there because no one's supposed to be up there? And when you get down from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, they also say that they hear um, explained noises coming from up in the balconies as well, as well, you know. Huh. One night, uh, a small group of people were doing a tour, and they were standing near Edwin Booth's portrait, which hangs in the lobby, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about his ghost, and um, they were facing the bar, and without any warning, they saw there were three wine bottles sitting on the bar, and one of them just fell over (gasps) and just rolled down the flat surface of the bar. Oh. A wine bottle. Okay. We all know I drink wine. (laughs) <laughs> well, don't we all? <laughs> uh, it takes a lot to knock over a wine bottle. Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah. Heavy bottom yes. and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they said that there were, there were three sitting there, and all of a sudden one just knocked over and was just rolling around. <laughs> and no one was around to mm, No, they were it. all standing at the portrait wow. there mm-hmm. in the lobby, so that's creepy. Edwin's like, I'm just going to take this up to the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they say that he goes around and tapping people on shoulders what? and mm. of course you turn around and no one's there. Yeah. They say Edwin's ghost is partial to the ladies. Ow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ladies man. Yes, he is. <laughs> he likes the ladies. <laughs> they say that women encounter him more often than men do. So, mm. 
Like with the touching or mm-hmm. just like... With touching seeing. and... Um, well, here's a story. One of the female employees was taking a break one night and she went to the back of the theater where they have tables and chairs set up, you know, so where they can kind of take a break. Not in front, where I guess where everybody is. Um, she was walking alone. She was surprised to see what she thought a figure of a man wearing a hat sitting in one of the chairs. And she stated, oh, is someone there? But as she approached, the figure disappeared. Oh. Yes. Just disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. So, man in a top hat sitting in a chair and just gone. Wow. So, I'm going to pause right there for just a second because I got a story I have to tell you real quick. Okay. (laughs) As the rain gets harder. Yes. It's it's storming uh, still. Um... So, I talked about her walking to the rear of the building and seeing this man with the hat on. Yeah. Okay. Interesting story. My brother has been to the Springer Opera House. Really? Yes. Wait, which one? My middle brother. Mm, Okay. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) Jeffrey. Um, He was actually over there back in 2006. He was stationed at Fort Benning at the time. Uh, He's in the military. He was eating dinner in Columbus and uh, wanted to go see the Springer Opera House because he knew all the history and, you know, didn't know if he'd ever have a chance to to see it again and stuff like that. He said it was like a cold evening and he was wearing a coat and he reached the front of the building of the Springer and kind of just decided to do like a walk around just to kind of see the building. It was already closed. It was dark. Yeah. Um, So he was uh, decided to walk to the rear end of the building. And as he made his way to the back of the building, he said his spider senses began tingling. Oh. I'm using air quotes here. Yeah. <laughs> he said, after spending months in the woods of Georgia, your senses are more fine-tuned and, um, are more fine-tuned to ambushes and just more. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, he said that he sent someone was behind him. Mm-hmm. But when he turned around, no one was there. Mm-hmm. He said he, he only did it once, and there was nothing. So he just like, I'm just going to keep walking around to the back of the building. Okay. Then it happened a second time. Oh. And he swears that he saw the sh- a shadow out of the corner of his eye on the wall of the building coming from the streetlight. Oh. What? He turned around for a second time, and nothing was there. <gasps> he said he could feel the electricity in the air, and even though that he had a jacket on and it was cold outside... All the hairs on his arms were standing on end. Oh, wow. So, not to weird himself out or anything, he decided to go back to his car. <laughs> Smart. Yes. <laughs> but to this day, he swears that someone was behind him or standing near him, even though the, there was nobody there. Wow. I found it interesting after hearing his story and then reading the story about this female employee that worked there, that all this was kind of happening as you got to the back. Mm-hmm. of the building, yeah. which I'm wondering is more, if it's more of the original part oh. of the Springer, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? It's possible. So, <clears throat> I just found that really interesting. That is. Kind of coincides with each other's stories, you know? Yeah. Particularly since we, we know your brother, Jeff, and Jeff doesn't play. Yeah. So. He's, he's not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He, um, when he told me that story, I was very like, oh, interesting. Uh-huh. So, anyway. To get back to um, more things that happened at the Springer, there was another female employee at the Springer Opera House who worked in the costume department. Mm -hmm. And she kept going through the costumes trying to look for um, a specific man's evening jacket. Mm -hmm. She looked all over the costume room. She needed a certain size, certain color, and all that, and could not find the jacket. So finally she said out loud, where is that large man's evening coat jacket? She walked down the aisle to turn to leave, and then she heard a noise. And when she turned around, there was a piece of clothing on the floor in the middle of the aisle she had just passed. What? When she picked up the piece of clothing, she realized it was the jacket that she was looking for. What? Oh, my gosh. I've got goosebumps just even talking about it. Oh. So, she oh said from, from then on, whenever she couldn't find something, she would just announce what it was that she was looking for. Stop. And it would appear. <gasps> no. No. Handy dandy ghost, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Edwin. <laughs> what? That is bonkers. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And the source.
sources say that she believes that it is Edwin Booth helping her. Wow. So. There is also another story about a ghost of a little girl who haunts hmm. the Springer. The story goes back to when the theater first opened, when it was an open market, an open market, and they had it set up for horses and carriages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was said that one day a horse got loose and uh, started chasing after this little girl, and she ran into the Springer Opera House, and the horse started like trampling her, basically. Aww. Yes. So the owner of the horse ran in and shot the horse and killed the horse there right on the marble floor of the Springer Opera House. Uh, The little girl didn't die right away, though, but she did succumb to her injuries. Mm -hmm. It is reported uh, seeing this little girl in the costume area, the costume room. Seems to be a lot of action there. Um, Arranging buttons and uh, just being kind of playful and giggling and um, things like that. There have also been reports of hearing horse hooves walking across. Nope. That horse has to go. (laughs) (laughs) So not only is there a little girl and Edwin Booth there, but there's also the ghost horse. (laughs) One other story I have for you is um, Paul Pierce is the producing artistic director of the Springer Opera House. Like currently? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I believe so. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The face was not very sure. Almost positive. Yes, I'm. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Pierce, if you're not, I'm sorry. Maybe you've retired. Don't know. But anyway, so here's Paul Pierce's story. He got a call from the general manager, and the general manager needed a tool out of the tool area, but the general manager didn't have a key, so he had to get Paul Pierce to go and get the tool out for him because they were going to be having an event the next day, and they needed to do something. So as he was walking back towards the stage. He realized that there was somebody walking beside him about five feet to the left of him. Uh. And not only was this person walking beside him, but it was almost as if he was mocking him. Oh. Wow. Uh, He got to where the general manager was, handed him the tool, and he even told the general manager, "Uh, I just saw a ghost. Mm. (laughs) And the general manager was like, yeah, sure you did. Go back to sleep. Oh. (laughs) So... After this experience that he had, um, he began asking people about their, asking other people that worked there about their experiences that they had had. And he put the collection of stories together and put it together into a book in 2003, and it's called The Springer Ghost. Mm. It's available on Amazon if anybody <laughs> would like to buy it. Mocking so. him? Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, seems to be ghosts following you around and... Stuff like that. Tapping you on the shoulder. Tapping on the shoulder. Yeah. And it could be Edwin Booth. We don't know. You know? I like to think so. Yeah. I I do too. It's... I had a lot of fun with this one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stories and uh, a lot of research to do with it. And um, it's very interesting. I like that. Stuff. Yeah. But then, like, Jeff's story was just really eerie too because it's it's like you can't even walk on the outside of these places Mm -hmm. without getting some sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Sensing that you know something behind you, and then that's got to be yeah, yeah. The um, the electricity when you can feel the electricity, you yeah. know, you hear that a lot from people that have experienced paranormal and ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I found that very interesting that he used those words to, when he was telling me yeah about the story yeah. and all that. So Jeff doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know ghosts. No. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought he was a skeptic this whole time. Yeah, but he wasn't. So. Yeah, would have thought he was a skeptic, too. Uh, yeah. I, I asked him if he'd go back, and he was like, yes. He's like, <laughs> I, would want, I, he's like I want to see if it would happen again, if oh. I would have the same experience. Yeah. Again. So, we are going to go back one day. Probably when we're 50. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Springer Opera House. Um, we should go check it out, for real. Like, I don't know how far away it to. is from our location. But, um... It can't I, be any more than three-ish don't, hours. Don't triangulate. <laughs> <laughs> three-ish hours could be anywhere. Three hours, three days, who knows. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, we should definitely go check it out. I would I would love to go there. I would love to see a show and, and go on the tours. Um, they only do yeah. the tours like during the day, though. Of like, course. During the week. Do. I know. <laughs> 
but uh, I think maybe nobody wants to get stuck in there overnight. Uh, no, no, I don't want to. Mm. Uh, although they do have like actors living quarters, like while they're putting on a show there above, <sighs> they can stay there. So. I mean, it's just me. I would just be freaked out. You'd, you'd have to be dedicated to your craft, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. So. Wow. Yeah, mm. I want to see pictures of this place. Yeah, we'll post some pictures up. Um, it's really neat. And we'll post a picture of Edwin Booth with his Hamlet. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. As well. That was a real interesting photo. Yeah. Can't um, wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Checking out the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> So, are we ready to move on to the honorably mentioned hot? Yes. Let's. So, I had a, a little bit of a hard time finding, you know, something in Columbus as well. The honorable mentioned haunts are hard. They are yeah. hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what I was able to find, um, there's a house in Columbus called the Fisher House. Hmm. Not to be confused with the charitable organization the fisher house Uh, which is also in columbus is my understanding really interesting (laughs) nothing to do with each other okay thanks for clearing that up just assumed and if you're not familiar with the fisher house charitable organization i know a lot of us you know we have family that was in the military they help military families find housing or they provide housing for military families when they're the vets or the um, oh, well, that's nice. service people are in the hospital. So Go check it out. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> so the Fisher House is a small wood frame house. It was built in the 1920s. It did sit empty from 1959 to 1968. So for that's, about 10 years. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, to just sit for, empty. Yeah. For the present owner bought it. There's no central air conditioning, but it has been kept in good shape, which is... Good, especially if it's sitting empty for 10 years. Right. Yeah, in Georgia, yeah. too, yes. with yeah. no AC or Ugh. anything. So yeah. that's probably why it's so empty. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hot, y'all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hot and humid. <laughs> so there was some um, work completed by the present owner um, on the home, you know, here and there. And they've added a bathroom. They've removed a kitchen or removed a wall in the kitchen to kind of make it bigger. That's just a little bit of backstory on it. Okay. So it's said that uh, the house is so haunted that it's brought in several paranormal investigator investigation teams. Huh. Okay. So one particular team went in um, overnight. You know, they stayed the night. They had some um, EVP spikes Mm -hmm. um, in multiple rooms. They heard things such as, get this, back door, darn. Darn. Is it really darn? (laughs) That's what it said. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I didn't win. Which is interesting. That is interesting. Random. Okay. Didn't win what? (laughs) So the paranormal investigation team, they witnessed things falling off the shelves, and they fell off the shelves and hit them. Oh. I don't know what these things were that wasn't specified. They've reported seeing ghostly apparitions. Of course, various odd sounds can be heard around the property and in the house. Hmm. And voices on the EVPs or the and voices saying, don't touch that, that's Mary's. Oh, What? Or when they would touch something in the house. And this oh. happened multiple times. Well, <laughs> Mary me. doesn't like her things to be touched. Uh, don't touch it. No problem. Yeah. You only have to tell me once. Like, <laughs> and then I'm out. <laughs> so it turns out that um, the previous owner was Mary. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wait. So there was a Mary that lived there. That lived there, owned the house, and owned the belongings that oh. so I wonder if when the guy people were touching I bought guess. the house like maybe it came with the stuff in the house Ooh, maybe it's, I guess like I mean it did cell? sit you know maybe she yeah, passed away and then right. it sat for so long until they sold it and her oh. items were just mm. still in there I'm not sure I couldn't really find any information <sighs> well, on that I would be a pretty mad ghost if I had the house to myself for 10 years and yeah. then all of a sudden somebody moved in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then starts bringing in paranormal investigators, yeah. you know, oh, people yeah. in the house. Yeah. I'd yeah. be mad too. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And so the, the night that the paranormal investigation team, one of them stayed the night, 
they were all sleeping in the living room. One lady was sleeping on the couch. The other was in a chair. The lady that was sleeping on the couch had put her Bluetooth earpiece in her bra. What? <laughs> so it's an interest, interesting place to put it, but. That is. <laughs> Never. So, I don't, I don't know well, why. I guess but maybe she, she just didn't want to lose it. Maybe. Maybe she didn't have anywhere else to put it. Yeah, no pockets. Yeah. <sighs> I've seen people do that with, like, money and stuff. Yeah. It's gross. It's not a it pocket. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. It's nature's pocket. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> so, she, when she woke up the next morning, it was missing. What? Couldn't find it. Um, went through all of her clothes, toward the cushions off the couch. Oh, really? Moved her around. Yeah. Wow. And she evidently, or supposedly, um, as it was told, she didn't move around in her sleep. You know, mm-hmm. she was still the whole night, so. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm. Just disappeared. That's weird. Yeah, because Mary wanted to talk on the phone. Oh. <laughs> Mary, that's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's really all I have on this. There wasn't a whole lot of information, but that, as it goes with our, our C-rated hauntings. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mary got her 15 minutes of fame. So. She did. <laughs> oh, the Fisher House. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a good one. That was a good. That was a good honorable mention, hot. Yeah. I like Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that. That's Mary's. Mm. Mary, maybe well, you should have cleaned up after yourself. Nobody would be touching your stuff then. <laughs> I wonder who was sticking up for Mary though, because that's true. Oh, well, you know, yeah, that's I mean, true. Like, Don't touch that. That's Mary's. Yeah, because it's not like that's mine. Yes, yeah. or unless Mary spoke in third person. Maybe she did, but didn't think about that either. <laughs> Still, yeah, <laughs> maybe somebody who lived with Mary. Yep. Yeah, could be. Maybe her husband or something. Maybe. Somebody who, who passed might... before Mary yeah. and Maybe. was used to Mary living at the house and yeah. stuff. Maybe yeah. he passed in the house, you know, mm-hmm. before she did. Very interesting. All right. Well, uh, Robin, yes, you have a friend ma'am. story for us? <laughs> I do. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I think this is the one that we've been waiting for. <laughs> yes. It's not that big. <laughs> She's no. only got 20 pages in her hand of notes. But it's not, not that big. Said. That's not true. <laughs> no, but really, I am really excited for this story. Because it's not just a friend's story. It is about my parents when they were teenagers. Oh. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. So buckle up. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so, I mean... First of all, I love this story because I know the players in it. Right. Um, and I know that they're not crazy, so it makes it all the more fascinating. Kind of like with Jeff. It's like, you know that Jeff is not crazy. Right. He's not one of those. So, yeah. anyways, they're not big ghost-believing people. At least they've never come across that way. In fact, my mom, whenever I would be, like, scared as a kid and stuff, she would always say, Robin, there is so much more real stuff in the world to be afraid of than ghosts. So I will be telling my kids that, you yeah, know, because yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. It's like, oh, you're right. Good advice. Good advice. <laughs> Mortgages are scary. <laughs> yes. yes, they are. <laughs> yes. So I only knew of one other story that my mom has ever told me that was any sort of paranormal or unexplained experience. And I will probably tell that one down the line. But this one jumped at the front of the line. She was listening to episode one of our podcast. And it's like it just dawned on her. She had this kind of aha moment like, wait, I totally forgot about this thing. So she called me and she began telling me this story. Um, She was pretty secretive about it, though. She wanted for my dad to tell me his side first before she would tell me her side. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, my mom and dad were high school sweethearts, and they were married for 20 years, and they've been divorced for about as long. So that's relevant to the story so you know that they don't speak and there's really no collusion between them, you know, so... It's uh, it's important to know that them telling me separately was, was a thing. So my mom also called a third party that was present for said events. And they went back over and they verified the timeline and the details and stuff. Wow. So this is a three-person testimonial for my personal story. Wow. Yeah. All right, listeners. 
Get your snacks ready. <laughs> Pause the podcast if you need to. Go to the bathroom. Because um, we're traveling back to 1971. <laughs> so, the people. My mom, she was about 16 or 17 years old at the time. Uh, my dad would have been about 18 or 19. He's a couple of years older. And my mom's friends, Sherry, Margaret, Sue, and Diane. So, we've got six people hanging out. It's the fall of my mom's junior year. It's a Saturday. And my mom's friend Sherry says that she needs to go and feed her horses. And everyone says that they want to go. So they go do that. And my dad says that they ride the horses down the road, which isn't a big deal because it's 1971 and no one cares and no one was out there and just free living crazy kids. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) My mom said that she rides a Mustang horse named Cotton Patch. Woo! <laughs> Cotton Patch. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, oh, but then Cotton Patch gets stung by a bee. Aww. Yeah, and he ends up bucking her, and she falls flat on her back. Oh. Yeah, but she amazingly, she doesn't break or anything and oh. like doesn't hurt herself. Okay. Um, that is not relative to the story, except to show you how good of a memory they have of this particular day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Makes sense. I was given a lot of details, listeners. A lot of details. details. (laughs) (laughs) So after this, uh, they're leaving the horses when they pass by a small family cemetery that they've probably passed dozens of times before. But on this particular day, they're going to stop and explore it. Okay. This cemetery is called the Stevenson Burleson Cemetery. Mm. Does Burleson sound familiar to anybody? Mm-hmm. It, it sure does. does. Episode one listeners should recognize the name Burleson. Yes. Go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small private cemetery with approximately 36 graves, with the earliest interment in 1835 and the last in the 1920s. So this is a very old cemetery, even over a century old back in the 70s. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Is this the one, is it far away from where the McIntyre house It's kind of far. I'm trying to think if it's the one I'm thinking of. It might be. Which is like pretty far away from where the Mm -hmm. Ray Burleson McIntyre house Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. It's a good, I know where this cemetery is. Yeah, it's a, it's. It's a piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Listeners, it's like mm, across town, I guess we'll say, you know. I'm told even back then that it was eerie and it was grown up and it was not well kept. Okay. It's enclosed by an iron fence. So you can imagine it kind of piquing the curiosity of some teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, So they snuck in and they were walking around looking at all of the old tombstones and monuments and there's box tombs and cement slabs and they're reading the names and the old dates and stuff. They're maneuvering around and then they suddenly hear a loud noise. And that's when they notice that a monument marker of a grave that was on the inside edge has now fallen over. It was previously upright and no one was by it. That's creepy. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what? Yeah. What? And this this okay. is this is one of the tall ones. We're not talking about It'd be like quite heavy, right? Oh yeah. And plus, it has been sitting there for a hundred years, like a little fine. over a hundred years. Like just fine. Suddenly, yeah. it's and it just falls over. Nobody was by it again, too. They, they're, she said that, my mom, she said that, you know, they had been previously by it. They remember going over and bending down and looking at the names, looking at the dates and stuff. And this is like one of the tall, skinny ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they're walking around and then suddenly they hear this loud bang. Yeah. That would have to be a really loud noise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not something you want to hear when you're alone checking out a old cemetery <laughs> so is it like one of the when you're talking about it is mm-hmm. it like one of those like no nobody can see what i'm doing i mean it's kind, <laughs> of, it's kind of like a like a pillar almost yeah, uh, like yeah. A, yeah okay yeah, yeah. Like a pillar okay mm-hmm. yes. okay no, sure. um it, it, 
is it the Washington Monument? That's what I was thinking of. That yes. shape. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. So, back in it. <laughs> <laughs> and in its fall, it is actually cracked and broken the cement slab that was covering the grave. Oh. What? Yeah. How? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's shook right now, guys. <laughs> so, it's a, these... <laughs> she's wrapping her head around it. Let me let me try and explain this cement slab, okay? okay? It was not a decorative cement slab. There are some cement slabs that they put around and they put on top and they actually will put the names and stuff right. on them there. This was not a decorative one. This is just a... Almost like a weight. Okay. Um, when I was looking it up, it's very common for these really old cemeteries to have those plain cement slabs over it to kind of like weight down the, the ground and they did not have the vaults back right. then. It was just probably a wooden box that they were put right. in. Yeah. It prevents animals from digging the person up. It, it, it was a functional thing. Right. So this kind of monument has fallen over on top of the cement slab and it has broken it and cracked it. Oh god. Yeah. Did the monument itself the break? No. Or no? Oh, oh, she said that there was an urn on the top of the monument and the urn fell off too. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an urn like what you would put flowers in. Oh, okay. Not, <laughs> not like Ash's like, urn. No. So... <laughs> No, that's the word that she used, that there was an urn on top of it that she Mm -hmm. thought is what you would have put flowers on. And that has fallen off and apparently broken off the top of it. So, it was the grave of a man named William Bird Burleson, Hmm. born in 1818 and died in 1865. (sighs) (laughs) That, that hit Lisa hard, apparently. <laughs> Wasn't that the same year that the Civil this... War? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Civil yeah. War and then yeah. the Springer Opera House. Mm-hmm. The Civil War ended in kind of like early to mid-1865. Well, that's when Lincoln was assassinated. That's 1865. Mm. So. So much rich history. I mm-hmm. know. So this, this is the person um, who has had his monument fall over. His childhood home still stands today, and it's not the one that you're thinking of. Really? It is not the Ray Burleson McIntyre house. Really? This one is called Westview Plantation. I've never in my life heard of this place. Neither have I. You have? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You looked like you knew. (laughs) I was just wondering, you know, there's that really old house next to... The cemetery. It is. It's across the street. And it's like, I don't know how old the house is, mm-hmm. but it looks like an old plantation house. It does house. look exactly like an old plantation house. So do you know where do you know where the house is? That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how y'all were piecing that together. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> no, it's staying. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> so um, I've never heard of this place before. It's called Westview Plantation. And it's just off of Indian Hills Road, oh. Indicator, Alabama. Oh, I know okay. where that's at. Y'all yeah. know where it is? I've never know, heard of it. I don't know where it is. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I just, I had no idea that it was even back there. But there has to be some relation between this Burleson at Westview Plantation and the Burlesons that lived over at the McIntyre house. There has to be. There yeah. has to be. For back then and in the same time they would have lived mm-hmm. at the same time yeah. and stuff they were both very well-to-do families so mm-hmm. there would have had to have been some uncle or you know some relation there cousins or brothers yeah. or something yeah i don't know how william bird died um he was 47 years old and one of his many children buried in that cemetery was a 15 year old boy and he died the exact same day as his father. Oh. Yeah. So that wow. just kind of makes you think something really, I, I don't know, almost kind of like tragic happened. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So he would have been 47 and his son would have been 15. And another child, his daughter, died just two months before them. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, 
I don't know. Something struck this family hard in the winter of 1865. Okay. I don't know if it was illness, if it was, I don't know. Right. Could have been anything. Anything. Yeah. yeah. I wish I wish I knew. I really looked, um, but I couldn't find what it was. But I thought that that was really interesting that he and his son died on the exact same day. Yeah. That yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife lived on well into her age, so nothing nothing ever happened to her. But <clears throat> this marker um, that's stood standing over 100 years now is now suddenly fallen over. My dad said that they even tried to set it back up. They tried to pick it up, and they dropped it because it was just too heavy right. and just fell from their hands. But needless to say, everyone was a little freaked out, and they decided to go. Right. Um, my mom said that he followed them. Hmm? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, as in William Bird? Yeah. That just strange things started happening. Just unexplainable things. And she could not tell me a specific, but she said that it just became a thing like an inside joke in the group that anytime just something weird and unexplainable would happen they'd say like "Ooh, william bird <laughs> <laughs> and this went on for a while she said that's not nice yeah yeah <laughs> kind, of, kind of like jokey you yeah. know like i said it was like an inside joke but serious yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but um you know these unexplainable things started happening and they'd talk about him a lot and so my dad um, said that he and a buddy of his named Mike thought that it would be cool to go out to the graveyard and spend the night. Oh, no. <laughs> Deep Dad. <shot. laughs> so, they drove their vehicles, um, and he felt the need to tell me that they both had white 1960 Lancer station wagons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they both had the same car? Yeah, they both had the exact same car, exact same year, color, everything. Wow. Um, <laughs> So they pulled around to the back of the iron gate where apparently you could actually drive in. Okay. So they drove one of the station wagons in through the gate on the property and pulled up as close as they could to William Bird's grave Ah. as they could. Gee. Yeah. He said they probably got about 50 feet from it. Why, Dad? Why? (laughs) 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 He said that they were scared, obviously. Oh, yeah. And almost never got to sleep, but nothing happened, at least not, you know, that night, aside from them being scared and sleeping in the car, just a couple of dumb kids who had finished school and they were looking for something crazy to do, probably to impress them girls. Oh, yeah. yeah, Well, I'm going to go spend the night. (laughs) Uh, Sometime later, they all went to Sue's parents' river house to spend the night. And Sue was one of the people who was there that night in the okay. cemetery when it fell over. So when it got dark, they started talking about William Bird Burleson, and someone thought it would be a great idea to have a seance. Oh, God. <laughs> because that always bodes well. That's always. a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is just like some just basic middle class white american kids they don't know anything <laughs> let me go get my mom's candle <laughs> exactly what happened yeah that's exactly what happened <laughs> so they she said that they uh they set up inside of a room in the back that had windows all around that was facing the river and it was essentially like a closed in back porch mm. And they set out some candles on a table, and they all sat around it, and they were holding hands, and they were trying to contact William Bird, saying, you know, the typical seance stuff, like, William Bird. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Are you out there? (laughs) Make yourself known. Yeah, yeah. Give us a sign. (laughs) Exactly. All all of that stuff. That's awesome. You can imagine. (laughs) Um, I would have hung out with him. I'd like to think that my parents would have hung out with me when I was a kid. <laughs> not not been mean. <laughs> no, you can't come hang out with us. You're so weird. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, you're the one hanging out in cemeteries and having seances. So. <laughs> that went on for a little while, trying to contact William Bird. And then they kind of started to feel a little weird. 
Maybe it's the electricity that you were talking about, mm. you know, how you just kind of, you feel something yeah. happen before mm-hmm. it actually happens, especially my mom and Margaret. And my dad described it as just kind of like a funny feeling, a funny situation and just eerie. And then my mom felt her forearm burning. Oh, what? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. Y'all know my mom. My mom is not crazy. (laughs) So she felt her forearm burning and she looked down at it and she saw a Siller dollar sized burn mark. Like in the shape of an oval. No. Like would it, would it be, yeah, I guess it would be bigger than like a cigar burn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like she said silver dollar sized. Oh my gosh. And she said she was nowhere near the candles or anything. Right. It wasn't, yeah, there were candles burning on the table, but she was nowhere near it. It oh. just happened. Oh. She started, and my dad, you know, kind of remembered that too. He was like, something happened. And she started feeling hot, like the temperature, you know. <sighs> my dad's a little scatterbrained. So he, he was the one with the least helpful information. But at the same time, he was still confirming the same things that had happened. But yeah, so my mom saw this burn mark and she looked up you know because obviously this hurts this is startling she looked up she dropped her hands and stuff and she looked over at margaret and she noticed that margaret looked startled what yeah and so they were you know looking over at margaret trying to see what was going on and margaret was looking out the window up at the sky and there everyone saw that the moon was red (gasps) what (gasps) no fuck that (laughs) <laughs> and i'm gonna have to change itunes and tell them it's no longer clean no. <laughs> there it was ladies and gentlemen our first our first one was dropped <laughs> sorry you got me <laughs> oh, i love it your story did it mom you did this <sighs> yeah Oh my gosh, Margaret, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but the moon was just red? The moon was red with two black lines running through (gasps) it. No. This sounds like some witchcraft stuff, does it not? It does. You are creeping out. Yeah. Right now. The rain stopped. Did y'all notice that? No more rain. Rain passed. All right. It's just us now. Ugh. Nobody look at the moon. Oh my god! I know. I get, I get to drive kind of far. Yeah. <laughs> Stop following me, moon. <laughs> with, oh gosh. Wait, with two black lines. Through? Yeah, yeah. A red moon with two black lines going through it. Oh my two god. distinct black lines, and um, they called it like a blood moon. And everyone just like went outside. Like you just you had to leave the room. You had to go out and you stand on the deck and just look at it. And they just stayed and and watched it for a while. And she said, my mom said that it lasted for a while, maybe like five minutes, and then it just turned back yellow again. That is so creepy. I am creeping them out, y'all. <laughs> I, am. I am. I am freaked out, Mickey. I'm thankful I don't have to go back to an empty house tonight. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But my mom has, you know, she's very level-headed. She tries to, like, debunk it, thinking that maybe gases or something right. cause the moon to change colors. And she and Margaret just say that they've, They've never seen anything like it again, particularly with two black lines. I mean, yeah. you, you hear about blood moons. Right. Mm-hmm. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen a blood moon before. Mm, I, but, I have, but yeah. it didn't have two black lines through yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. not sure what <laughs> that could have been. Going back to the burn mark on my mom, she said that it lasted for at least a couple of weeks. <gasps> oh my gosh. It wasn't just like you know something that appeared and disappeared she said that it, it stayed with her for at least a couple of weeks mm-hmm. oh gosh yeah so later my mom and her friend sherry which sherry is the one with the horses she um she was the one who had the i guess the land that was right over here close to this cemetery so okay she and sherry felt like it was time to go and make peace with william bird so my mom picked some roses out of her yard and she and Sherry went over to the gray yard in daylight, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
They put flowers on his grave, his poor, toppled over, broken grave, and they told him sorry, and they ran away. And that's the story of William Byrd. Wow. (sighs) Well, that was intense. That was intense. Right? She has never spoken of this story, ever. And I'll probably tell you the other ghost story that she's got, but that other ghost story's got nothing on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow, that mm-hmm. was intense. That I was. Uh, yeah, yep. And to have a burn mark like that for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Said, did she have a scar or anything? Or I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't remember there ever being a scar on her arm or anything. I'm sure that she could happily point it out to right. us and show us where <laughs> right. it was. But <laughs> wow. wow, Mary, you got me. Mm-hmm. That is intense. That is an intense story. I could not imagine. I've been chomping at the bit holding on to this information. Yeah, I know. You've been, like, dangling a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how she was treating me. That's true. You know? <laughs> she she refused to give me any sort of details about it until I talked to my dad first, you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Well, that just kind of concretes, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they... Three people. Yeah. Three people. You know, I didn't talk to Margaret, but my mom talked to Margaret. She called Margaret up and... You know, they had a good little chat about it. And Margaret um, apparently was a lot better with putting together the timeline because my mom wasn't exactly sure when the events happened. But yeah, three people Uh. have said that this, yes, this did happen. (laughs) Three not crazy people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 they're not. They're not. That's um, very intense. That's all I'm going to say about that. So there's an app, you know, I don't know if everybody else knows, but it's called Find a Grave. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I looked um, t- in this particular cemetery, the the Stevenson Burleson Cemetery, um, and I found William Bird's marker and it is still laying over on the ground on top oh, of his slab. Really? Yeah. And there was a, an effort to really... Um, clean up the cemetery they've taken down some trees that were you know doing some damage on the property and taking care of the weeds and and just really trying to maintain it but nobody's has picked up william bird's marker it's still laying down hmm. poor fella the yeah. concrete slab still i couldn't tell from cracked. the pictures and i'm not going so yeah <laughs> no. nikki are you going i might go tomorrow oh <laughs> go. no take a picture i don't know we'll see yeah yep wow yeah when i um when my mom told me the very little information that she had she told me where it was and who it was and so i was like well yeah i found it i found it you know doing some some look on find a grave um but it it looks like it's knocked over and she was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it uh it would be and i was like what i was like mom no (laughs) like you didn't and she was like look we didn't go out there to start anything (laughs) she was like we didn't go out there to like do any damage or or anything but you know accidents happen (laughs) and i was like what happened mom and then it took me a while to get a hold of my dad too so it was it was an intense couple days when i was putting together this story just Ugh. piecing together this mm. wow yes what a story we've had some good stories this episode mm-hmm. we have yeah. yeah it's been a really good episode oh episode three is gonna be hard to top i know <laughs> i mean yeah everybody's everybody's story was really spooky yes mm-hmm. very creepy i'm gonna be scared to look at the moon now <laughs> I don't even want to look at the moon tonight, like, as we're leaving, because it's dark outside, yeah. and it's been storming, and I have to drive kind of far away. Yeah. <laughs> just and not, not direct eye contact. Just don't just look at it. It's going to be eyes on the road. Mm-hmm. Eyes on the road. <laughs> don't, look at, don't look at it. Eyes on the road. <laughs> yeah, I went to, like, Googling pictures of blood moons and stuff, but I couldn't find anything like what they were talking, what they were talking about. Ugh. Yeah. I saw, um, the blood moon I saw was just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It was, like, on the news, you know, and they were reporting that it was going to be. So I made sure to be out there, and it was huge. It yeah. was, like, one of those moons where you see where it's just, like, coming over the horizon, but it looks like it's, like, right there. Oh, yeah. And it was a blood moon. Of course, no black lines. That's what's getting me, I, <laughs> I think. know. It's no black, black lines, lines, and your arm wasn't burning. And... Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't, weird. you know, like, been in a cemetery or anything. <laughs> recently 
William Burr. Oh, <laughs> Stop it. Don't bring that here. Oh, oh man. Well, 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 we want y'all's feedback on this episode for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please let us know what you think. <laughs> Because I know I'm creeped out. Mm-hmm. I am too. I'm, I I kind of don't want to drive home. I know. <laughs> We're all going to go out to the cars at the exact same time. Yes. We're yeah. shutting our doors at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> and we will leave at the exact same time. <laughs> Me first. Me first. <laughs> I know. You're I'm parked part. behind everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Get when you're late. <laughs> Lisa's last. I know. Oh. I'm the last one. Ooh. Creepy. In our abandoned house. I know. <laughs> well, um, thanks everyone for listening. As usual, you can find us at um, Ghost Race in the South on Facebook and Instagram. Ghosts Podcast on Twitter. And then send us your stories. We want to hear more. Yes. Uh, we want to talk about more, learn, um, and hear all the good, juicy ones. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you can email us those at ghostsraisedinthesouth at gmail.com. Fantastic. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Ooh.